one of those stands. <coughs> the other announcements we'll do at the end of, uh, of the service so that uh, Glenn can get going and have as much time as he needs. So, Glenn, if you want to come, just uh, set yourself up over here. Oh. Well, I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful man. Thank you that you've brought him back to Canada again to, to be with us and that you've brought his wonderful daughter to be with us. As he speaks this morning, may you just have your peace and joy and your words, you know, what, the words you put in his mouth to share with us and just open up our hearts to receive. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So good morning, everybody. It is, it's a real privilege for me to be here. Um, Thank you for accommodating a South African in your house. It is uh, such an honor for myself, my daughter, Alexa Ray, just to be with you as a church. Uh, I had the privilege of coming a few years ago, and um, you know, when we met James and Lee, it was one of those moments where you realize, actually, the Spirit of God is the same everywhere. And for me to be in this house, worshiping Jesus with you, I might as well be back home in Johannesburg. It's just the same. We love Jesus together. We praise his name. We're declaring the truths of who Jesus is. And even this morning, as the words came, as the encouragement came, as we sang these words, I wonder whether or not you took them seriously. I wonder whether or not you had that moment where you're like, God, these words are from me to you. These guys up front here, some people call them the worship team. But if we can call them the band and we be the worship team, wouldn't that be cool? Like, we let God know. We let God know. These guys are great at their skill, and I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for the media guys and everyone in the backstage. I love it. But we want to praise God with all we've got. I wonder, in this moment this morning, as, as Lee brought that word, whether or not there was something uh, for you that said, well, that's for me. I wonder if at all in your life you've had this experience where you know God says your name. And you, you know that you know that the God of creation knows you. There's that moment. It says, God knows me. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to walk around Toronto and feel, how is it possible that the God that knows me knows that one and that one and that one? And knows all the details. And when he does something like he's doing for Lex Ray and myself at the moment, like it just blows my mind that he will take care of those little details for us. To whom much is given, much is required, and he has given us life. And I want to live it. My encouragement today, if you hear nothing else, is that you would learn to live the life that God has got for you. If God says your name, this is a silly example, so kids have left the room, so this doesn't fit. But if I was to call my daughter and I said, Lexa Ray, she would respond, right? When God calls your name, and maybe if this was a, a different setting, I'd say, say your name out loud altogether. When God says, your name, did you respond? I guarantee you when the God of creation says your name, you'll respond. And that call is something that I want to talk about. When he calls you, he calls you by your name. Your name. He doesn't call you by any other name. He calls you by your name. And when he calls you, I wonder whether you would agree with me or not, is he calls you to be part of his kingdom. And that's great. I get to sit on my couch. In fact, let me just check quickly. Is everybody comfortable? Are you all right? Can I get you some tea? 
Would it be wrong of me to say that God has called us more than our comfort? He's called us to more than just our comfort. If he's called me to be part of his kingdom, he's called me part of the building of his kingdom. And as we read in the Bible, local church, like this, like the one I come from in Johannesburg, local church is definitely a God idea. And as I would encourage you to understand this, answer this question, if this is your local church, did you come here because the preaching is amazing? I've watched some of it online and it's pretty good. These guys that lead you in worship, they're amazing. Don't tell them too much because, you know, what musos are like. These guys are stunning. If you are part of this local church because of these things, maybe you've missed something. I've got to ask you this question. If you're part of this local church, it's because God, it's because God has called your name and said, Hey, you, because <laughs> I don't know your name. Hey, you, Alex Ray, let's just pick up my daughter. In fact, I just said, Alex, hey, Alex, because there's like four or five of you in the room. <laughs> Would you be part of this local church? Not because you like the worship, not because you like kids' ministry, or because this is a family thing and I've got my kids and I wouldn't come to a church if I didn't have a kids' ministry. Have you come here because God has called you? Okay, so yes, the answer to that question is yes, God has called me to this local church. What now? Well, if you're right and you listen to before, then God has called you to be part of his kingdom, the building of his kingdom. And so I want to read a couple of uh, scripture. I want, just understand, I want you to get a picture of how Jesus did it, okay? So the call that he has, and you, you guys will know this, this verse, man. Let's just, if you would go to that first slide that says this. It says, Matthew 4, verse 18 to 20. It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. So he called them by name. He said, hey, you, come with me, I'll make you fishers of men. And there are a number of those stories as Jesus went and called people to him, just like you and me. But then there's a commissioning, and you all know this verse, and I'm going to put it up on screen in Matthew 28. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And we all say this. Now go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I will be with you to the very end of the age. Jesus said to us, like he said to the disciples, now go. But how does that work? We learn a lot from teaching in, in, in your, your smaller settings, your connect groups, your life groups. You learn a lot from the preaching. But how does it work? How do we go? What does it look like physically? You know, the Bible's full of lots of metaphorical language. It's picture language. We, we get it and we, we understand the picture, uh, the sower and the seed. Uh, I, I, but how does it apply to me? What do I do with this information? What do I do with the life that's been given to me? What does it look like? Am I the only one that struggled with stuff like this? To sit on my bed and it was almost like there was too many of me in the room and I could see myself and I'd be like, hey, get up. I'm like, but I'm, I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. But, okay, so let's do this. Let's have a look at how Jesus did it, all right? Here's a couple of verses I'll throw up on screen. Matthew 4. And so this is what Jesus did. He went throughout 
all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction amongst the people. And so his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And a great crowd followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond Jordan. My guess is that I would have been part of that crowd. Like, wow, what's happening? <laughs> this man's coming along, and anybody with any sort of issue, because there's a whole list here, Jesus heals them. What's your issue? Let's have another look at another verse, Matthew 9. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to these disciples, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into, the, into his harvest. In South Africa, and those of you who know South Africans will very definitely have heard this phrase, it's very often where we, oh, shame. Somebody says something, we're like, oh, shame. It's just, a, it's just a, a saying that says, oh, shame. But it doesn't mean, oh, shame. It's just a, it's an acknowledgement of the problem. But the Bible says Jesus had compassion. Help me out here. Would you repeat the word for me? Say compassion. When was the last time you saw a situation that had compassion? When Lee brings her word, when we sing these songs, I get the sense that the God of creation has compassion on us. And he's calling us. But in the verses that we just read, there was a couple things. There was at least three things of how Jesus went about in this commission. We have a look at the first one. The first one was teaching, proclaiming, and healing. And so if you get involved in teaching, you need to explain things. Who's a teacher in the room? Do we have teachers in the room? In the teaching profession, one or two? You're all very shy. Teachers are not normally shy. <laughs> you teach. So if you were to teach the gospel, what would you say? Let's say, for instance, somebody at work or at the shops or in the park, somebody says to you, what is this, what do you believe? What would you say? How would you start? Well, the gospel, I tell you what, why don't you come with me to church? Because this is church. The cinema, we know, it's obvious, the cinema is not church, there's no steeple. Like, you guys are the church. We are the church. Do you know the gospel? Can you at least help someone understand who Jesus is? The gospel is not restricted to cultures. It's not just a Western Christian gospel or an Eastern Christian gospel. The gospel is the gospel. It is the God of creation that has one message for all of mankind. Complete the sentence with you. For God so loved the... God so loved the world. Everybody, everyone's included. And in the verse we just read, there was also about the proclaiming, the preaching, stuff like this. There's a preaching. And I guess that at some point you'll have the opportunity where you, you suddenly are at a party or a barbecue. In South Africa, we call it a braai. You're hanging around with some friends 
And then somebody asks you the question and you start explaining and you get all passionate about the answer and all of a sudden everything's quiet. It's a bit like that moment when that hallelujah, everything, everything just disappears. It's all very quiet. And you suddenly realize you've got the pulpit. And they're all listening to you. Why? Because something that you're discussing, something that you're touching is relevant. And they're listening with open ears. What's the answer? I've got the same question. Preaching, tip for the preachers out there, as a call to action. There has to be a response. Do you remember when Peter preached? People were cut to the heart and they said to him, what do we do? Help me, what do I do? And very quickly, Peter presented to them the truth of what they need to do, how they need to respond. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you may know of Jesus, but if you haven't got him in your heart, you haven't given your life to him, I'm calling you to action today. How would you respond to God of creation that calls you by name? Because he certainly knows you. Every single one of us, he knows us. The other thing you'll you'll remember in the the, the passage we read was there is healing, a demonstration. Now, maybe for some of you, this is the one that scares you the most. What happens if I pray and he's healed? What happens if I pray and this demon just runs? What happens if? Are you scared? Are you bold enough? Would you pray in faith? Is it all you or is it God? We know the answer. It's got to be God. And you as his children are his representatives. The Bible says in Acts, and you may remember it, it says you will receive power when the Spirit comes on you. That's the Bible saying, when the Spirit comes in you, you will receive power to be His witnesses. Where? In the GTA. (laughs) Everywhere. In Mark 16, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message with accompanying signs. Isn't it wonderful when you reach out to a family in your neighborhood, when you reach out to a family that's in your complex or uh, in the condo next to you, and they respond to Jesus? Have you ever seen a life set free? Have you seen bondage? Have you seen depression? Have you seen some mental instability? And God comes in and sets those people free. When you see those types of moments, everything changes, guys. Everything changes. It's your story. It's the God of creation using you. Why? Because you took that step of faith. You trusted him. You spoke his words to those that are around you. Now, maybe some of you believe, as I did, that you need to have a special anointing. And in fact, there's a special room you get the special anointing. If you came out through that door, well, I'm sorry because the anointing is through this door. And I came through the store this morning. Maybe some of you in the room, you actually feel like a nobody. And you're quite happy to be ignored. It's best if people don't see you. You come here because it's the right thing to do. And you are good on doing the right thing. It's good to be polite, say hi at the door. It's good to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. I want to come to church. 
I want to say hallelujah when I'm supposed to say hallelujah. And if the pastor's looking, my hands go up and my eyes close. I want to tell you a story about a man who was a nobody, just like me. His name is Philip. Some of you will remember Philip. I'm going to read you a long passage of Scripture, and I want you to bear with me. And if we don't get to the points at the end of this meeting, Scripture will remain with you, and God will stir this passage in your heart. You go with me? You ready? Great. This Acts chapter 8 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge, and he was in charge of all her treasure. He'd come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now, just a quick aside, for someone to have a scroll in his hands, he's not poor, all right? He's rich. He's got the scroll. And this, um, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked him, hey, guy, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said to him, How can I, he said, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was like this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this, about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his, and he went, and he went on his way rejoicing. But, but Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. I tell you what, if I was that Ethiopian and Philip just disappeared like that, <laughs> I probably would have... Um, freaked out a little bit. But let's just quickly recap. Who was Philip? Do you remember Philip? Acts chapter 6, where Philip gets appointed to help serve in the church. He got asked to serve at tables. He did the menial tasks. So these guys heading up here this morning, trust you guys, this is one thing that gets done. It's just a small thing. You find up the person next door, or you find up the new guy that came to church. It's just one small thing. Philip, as you're here now, did amazing things. But Philip started off simply by serving at tables. Now, if I can touch a point, maybe it's language. He didn't volunteer to serve at the church. He understood God had called him to partner with this local church. God wants to mature him 
And so he responded, I believe God wants to mature you. And so in your partnership with the gospel, if, if it is a mindset change, and I'm allowed to play with words, if I'm not just volunteering at a church, but I am partnering with what God, the king of all, is doing in this city and is using this local church, my attitude is very different. Similar to the question I asked you earlier, are you here because God's called you or because these guys are amazing? See, Philip was one of those believers that got scattered from Jerusalem. You know, when Paul did his thing, the Bible uses this word, he ravaged the church. Now, maybe it's a little bit dramatic, but I, I guess there's some truth in that word. And Philip was one of the guys that ran for his life. The apostles, the disciples we hear, stayed in Jerusalem, but Philip ran for his life. But where he went, everywhere he went, he started to tell people about Jesus. Philip opened the door of the gospel to Samaria. And then as we read in the story, to a very highly ranked Ethiopian government official. Who in the room would stutter and spit if you got put with someone at a high-ranking position? I don't know. Some celebrity walks in the door and they say, I don't understand. <laughs> so ministry for Philip started in the local church. He got involved in speaking to people in a different part of town called Samaria. And then he spoke to an individual. So maybe you can't speak to crowds. What Philip did is what we need to do. We need to hear and obey God. Now here's the interesting thing. Remember the scripture we read? It says, an angel of the Lord said, and then the spirit of the Lord said, and then Philip said. Now I don't know what an angel looks like, and I doubt that he had wings. But the Spirit of the Lord said to his heart, Hey, Philip, go over to that chariot. When God said that to you through his Holy Spirit this week, did you listen? You went stood next to the chariot. Now Philip has to actually open his mouth. Philip had to say something. But he's a nobody. He's outside the carriage speaking to a high-ranking official. Let's not forget of a different nation. And Philip said, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, do you understand what you're reading? Do you believe that God will speak to you today? Do you believe that God will speak to you today? No, no, it's for the select few. It's for the prophetic amongst us. It's, uh, uh, it's for those that uh, have got, I don't know, special necklaces or bracelets on. The answer is no. God speaks to us all. There's no specific chance. There's no card you can buy in the bookstore. God speaks to all of us. God's Spirit, as you've been hearing these last number of weeks, is for all of us. The gifts of the Spirit are for you. And I believe that every single one of you has got something special inside of you that comes from the Creator God. A gift, a something for the building of His kingdom. Your partnership with the kingdom is key because He put that gift in you. We also see in that scripture that salvation is offered to all people. 
Jesus said it must, that we must take the gospel to all nations. And so Philip, first through Jerusalem, you'll see, then through Samaria, and then to the Gentiles. You see, God's apostolic purpose and commission was declared through Jesus. We started today's meeting by telling you what Jesus said. I'm happy to tell you this is not some fictional story. I'm happy to tell you that Jesus is a man. He walked on this planet. Uh, We're not offering you any kind of special philosophy. It's not the, the flavor of the month. If you believe in Jesus the man, the son of God, incarnate, your life will never be the same again. Because God would use you. When we prayed with Vlad earlier, these prayers of faith for his country, they're not just a tick. We did that at church today. I feel so good. It's not about feeling good, right? Our prayers were prayers of faith. To say, God of heaven, would you reach out to a place that we can't be? Because your hand is not too short. Amen. Another thing we see in that scripture is that the unsaved need to have scripture explained to them. The unsaved need to have scripture explained to them. You know, the Ethiopian was reading in a passage, Isaiah 53. And and Philip read that to him, or he was reading it. And many of our friends today that don't know Jesus, there'll be a moment when they say, I just don't get it. I don't get it. How does it work? Those are those moments. I missed a moment once. Uh, I worked at a company, had an open plan office. There's a guy in the office struggling with nasal problems, operation after operation. And the one time I felt God say, go pray with him. But I'm like, Lord, this is an open plan office. What are you thinking? (laughs) And I missed it. I thought to myself, okay, I'll go pray in my closet for him. As you hear, I rue that day a lot. (laughs) I know God's got me, but he needed me to explain God's love to him, even if it was just to pray for him. Can you imagine when Philip explained this scripture to the Ethiopian? Jesus was the message of that scripture. Did you see what the Bible says? Starting with this scripture, he pointed him to Jesus. Isn't that cool? You don't have to be a theological student. You don't have to be like, well, let me explain to you about the major and the minor prophets. Let me put it in context for you. This is how it works. This is who God of heaven is. And, you know, wait, before we get there, let's start with creation, because if you get that wrong, he went straight from that scripture and he pointed them to who Jesus is. Can you do that? Can you do that? I believe you can. Fundamentally believe that you can point people to Jesus. It's a simple message. And it's for everyone. And you can do it. Your partnership, your appointment in the kingdom is key. The gospel message itself is powerful. 
and God will often bring that revelation through people. Again, that revelation of what the gospel is isn't just only here in this pulpit, right? If your only way out is to say, join me on Sunday, they'll explain it all. We're missing something. You misunderstand the privilege you have, the power you have of being a child of God. And I can speak to everybody in the room. There's not one of you, having given your life to Jesus, there's not one of you that's excluded. Not one. No, but I don't speak English very deliciously. Sorry. You can't use me in this context. One of the best moments of my life, back at home, is we, we uh, lead a life group. Um, in fact, things have changed a little bit, and, and they've moved on with another leader. But in that life group, bear with me for a second, in that life group was a Zulu lady, a very old Zulu lady, a Mozambican lady who speaks Portuguese, a Congolese family, a Nigerian family, um, an English dude. Um, I forget, but you get the, you get the picture. There's, there's a whole, like, mishmash, and they're all very shy. And then one day, we were praying for a lady who was struggling, and my Zulu lady started to whisper a prayer in Zulu. And the Portuguese lady started to speak out and pray in Portuguese. And the Congolese girl who couldn't really speak very much because she'd only been here for a year, she started to pray in French. I'm like, God, this is life. I just said yes and amen to everything because I hear the heart. But isn't this amazing? Is when you get it, God loves you. My Zulu lady is so shy. She grew up through terrible times in our country. But God uses her to speak life in that room. Can you imagine, along with this moment with the Ethiopian in his, he gets to understand who Jesus is. And in Scripture, he gets to explain, or, or Philip explains to him, if you believe, you need to be baptized. Can you imagine him inside the truck? Bam, bam, bam. Stop. There's some water. What stops me from being baptized? Let me ask you something. What's stopping you from being baptized if you haven't been baptized? Well, I guess in Canada we understand that winter's a no-go zone. <laughs> what stops you from being baptized? If, if you just flip it slightly, what stops you from being obedient now? Right now? What's God saying to you now? Why can't you listen now? If you're a good parent in the room, you'll know. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Ah, oh, that hurts. <laughs> What's God saying? Have you opened your mouth to pray? Have you opened your mouth to speak to or invite or encourage? My experience of your community is you're so hospitable. Everybody just loves. So if this shoe doesn't fit, don't worry. But I know that God knows you. And he's got to mature you. He wants you to grow up. Just like I want my children to grow up. Part of the reason that Alexa Rose is here is that we want to see her grow up spiritually in God. And then that moment that Philip disappears, that, uh, oh my gosh, moment. He finds himself in a town that's maybe 15, 20 kilometers away from where he was. 
So my message to you is that your job is not done when that task is done. So yes, you step out in faith. It's not like this is the moment. Be like, oh, I'm so glad this preacher's over. I'm done. I can go sit in my chair forever for the rest of my life. No. God's got stuff for you to do. And so God takes Philip, Scotty beam me up, and sends him all the way 15 Ks, drops him in his Otis, and he then ministers to that whole area. And then he lands up in the administrative capital of Caesarea. Let me just double check this. The next we hear about this young man, Philip, is he's hosting Paul and Luke on what we would call an apostolic journey as they come back. And in that space, the Bible says that the Philip evangelist had raised four daughters who were active in the call of prophecy, the call of God on their lives. Isn't that amazing? Here we have this moment that the Bible takes Philip and highlights him. The Bible's not scared of calling a spade a spade. But what the Bible does with Philip, he highlights him. And then Philip disappears off the scene. And we hear about Philip long later, long time later. He's got four daughters. He's set up the next generation. You've got to know that he was a super dad. <laughs> he was a good dad. He led his children to understand the calling that they had on their lives. Now, maybe you're not a mom or a dad in this room. Maybe you can't even have children. Can I give you a side note? Maybe we should have an age restriction here, but a eunuch can't have children. This Ethiopian chap... Some call him the Ethiopian, the eunuch. Can't have children. And he was reading 20 points, if you get it, from Isaiah 53. If he read further in Isaiah 56, he would have read this. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who chose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name that is better than sons and daughters, and I will give them an everlasting name that shall never be cut off. Gosh, if you don't get goosebumps then, I'm like, can you imagine if he had read on, if he had read on, I believe that God's speaking to you this morning. Will you stay the course? Will you read on? Will you open up your ears? Will you soften your heart to what God is saying to you today? God has called you by name and he's commissioned you. What's stopping you? What is stopping you? Because there are much, there is much. That'll try and stop you much. There's that one little picture that says the cares and worries of this world. I'm going to ask you in a moment of honesty, can you be honest with yourself? I believe that sometimes it's difficult. But can you be honest with yourself? And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, maybe for 10 or 15 seconds. Just close your eyes so that you can concentrate. You're not looking at me, you're just transacting with God. And say, Lord... Help me to grow up. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, for every single person in this room. Thank you, God, that you call us by name. Not just as a group, not just as a church, not just as a city, not just as a nation, but you call us by name, individually by name. I want to thank you, Lord, that you know the details of my life. You know my insecurities. You know my past. You know my hang-ups. God, on behalf of everyone in the room, I want to put them at your feet. And I want to ask your Holy Spirit that you would come and that you would anoint. If you would like the Holy Spirit to come and anoint, I want you to do something physical as a gesture. Say, Lord, come and anoint. I'm not even looking at you. Lord, would you come and anoint. Holy Spirit, would you touch each and every person in the room. May they know you, God. May we become excited about the call, the commission you have for every single one of us, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, which means you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to meet up with the leaders after this meeting. Don't leave this room without giving your life to Jesus. It's not too difficult. I know that if you have to step out of your chair and walk down here, it may be a bit tricky for some, but I'm going to invite you. Don't leave here without giving your heart to Jesus. Today's a good day. Today's your day. Today's our day, I believe. I'm walking out of here challenged and encouraged. Thank you, James. Well, Glenn, thank you so much. We are over time. Alex, I'm just going to call you up really quick uh, to come up to the front. And... Uh, couple of quick announcements. Melaine, I'll have you speak next week just because we're so over time, but she just wanted to remind us about Alpha that'll be starting in a few weeks' time. And uh, just to show, we'll, Melaine, we'll get you to get everyone excited about that next week, okay? And, uh, but we, yeah, Alpha will be starting. It's a great way if you are a new Christian or you have friends that you want to, that have questions about God, to bring them out to Alpha. We just see God do the most amazing things there. I have Alex up here. Because Alex has a new role in our church of pastoral care and taking, you know, building a pastoral care team. So she, I want to, you know, you you know Alex as, uh, you know, as Josh and her have been speaking and just as we've been able to support them through this season and this transition as their apartment caught on fire and all the fun stuff. And yeah, so... Uh, and it's going to be really exciting with what she's doing and, again, just helping us to move forward with this vision of reaching a million people and making sure those people are loved and taken care of and brought into wholeness. Yeah, James said it well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to um, just start this ministry and just further this you know, community of a family and that we would um, just be able to live in that. So if... Um, if there's needs that you guys are experiencing, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to be building a team, so if that's your heart and that's your call um, to pastoral care, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk with you more about that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do and yeah, as we, as we live in community together and as a family. So yeah. That is awesome.
So just to, to explain a little bit, pastoral care is like when we have people that are in need, you know, people that need someone, a visit from someone, people that are just going through something difficult. If you are uh, have a counseling background and be open to do counseling with people, chat to, to Alex. If you're someone that's like, yeah, I, I just need you know, someone to help me. If you need prayer, whether that de deliverance, healing, things along those lines, we want to put together a prayer team for that to be praying for people. So these are the types, if you're interested in any of those things, please talk to Alex, um, whether it's a need in your life or whether you'd be interested in being part of a team that can be trained up and sent out to do those things. Thank you so much. Just a reminder as well, we've got our picnic and pray that the weather is good next Sunday. We, that uh, it's not raining. It's great. We'll get the rain in this Sunday. And uh, next Sunday, we'll be able to have our picnic at Meadowvale Conservation Area. One more thing to pray for that I just found out about this week is that we'll hear from the school board this week whether we can get back into school. So just pray for God's purposes in that. You know, I, he knows where he wants us. So just pray that if, it's, if God wants us back in the school, that that door would open for us this week. Amen? Okay. Awesome. Coffee and cookies at the back. Spend time, you know, encouraging one another, chatting with one another. Have an amazing week. Thank you.